Warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause you to become confused as to what liquids you should drink and liquids that you shouldn't, such as liquids with volatile sensitivity to changes in temperature and or pressure, liquids that require two mechanical seals to stay put, non-lubricating liquids that produce gases and or solids that may or may not be abrasive, liquids that are seriously goddamn sensitive to agitation, liquids that react with each other to form a solid, which is an absolute nightmare, or limitlessly lubricating liquids a nightmare at the other end of the rectum. Spectrum, take it from Spoon. And lastly, anything at all consumed by ShouldIDrinkThat.com Welcome to episode 112 for Should I Drink That? This is your host, the most reverend Father Spoon, coming to you live from Gobbler's Knob in beautiful Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania on a Saturday morning, close to Saturday afternoon. Let me tell you, it is picture perfect here. Blue skies, the sun is out, there's a nice cool breeze. It's in the 70s right now, honestly. This is probably the most perfect weather you could have for a beer fest. And today, I've got the privilege of hanging out with Punxsutawney Phil at Gobbler's Knob. That's right. Oktoberfest is being put on this year by the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with them, they're the guys, uh, you know them as the Inner Circle. And they're the handlers for Punxsutawney Phil, and they keep the whole Groundhog Day tradition going. Now... If you're unfamiliar with Groundhog Day, which most people know what's going on with, with Groundhog Day, but you may not know the history behind it. So as early as 1886, the German immigrants in Punxsutawney observed Groundhog Day and established the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club in 1899. According to folklore, if the hibernating groundhog, known as Punxsutawney Phil, leaves its burrow on February 2nd and sees its shadow, there will be six more weeks of winter. Let me tell you. It was cold. It was bitter cold this year in Pennsylvania, especially here in Pittsburgh where I'm at. So the legend is based on a European custom predicting the length of the winter by the weather conditions on Candlemas, an ancient Christian festival. So there you go. That is your history of Groundhog as per the beautiful state historical sign out front of Gobbler's Knob. Now, if you've never been to Punxsutawney before Gobbler's Knob, it's uh, pretty easy to get to. When you're coming down 119 into Punxsie, uh just before you get there, there's a Walmart that you're going to kind of take a right, and that road will take you straight there. It is incredibly easy to get to. Gobbler's Knob is a field. It is a huge field with a stage set up, and right, and there's the tree stump where you're going to go and see Phil. It is so cool out here. Uh, you can imagine how many thousands and thousands of people probably occupy this area. If you go on Google Maps, you can just take a look at the general area. It's very cool. There will be a link off of Should I Drink That so you can see exactly how big this area is. Then up from there is where we're having the beer fest today. Uh, there's a building set up there, and then there's tents off to the side. So some of it's going on indoors. Some of it is going on outdoors. But it's rain or shine because if it rains, well, first of all, it's really going to be humid. But uh, <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen. But after that, um, you know, it's going to be a nice place to cool off because there's air inside that building. So also going on will be a homebrewing competition, which is one of the reasons why I'm up here today. Uh, I was invited to come up as a guest judge for a BJCP-sanctioned homebrewing competition. Uh, beers have been sent in from actually all over the country, last I heard. Myself and Andy from Trash will be two of the judges along with eight other people. I believe members of the inner circle will be here, though that has not been confirmed to me yet. So we'll see what goes on with that. Enough chit-chatting. Let's get to the beer fest. We are here with Jared from Levity Brewing in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is now apparently the new hotbed 
for craft beer in Pennsylvania. Thanks for taking a few minutes here. Uh, we are at the Hogtoberfest in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. It is incredibly busy, and this is one of the few chances that I've had to uh, actually get out and talk to the brewers. But there's been a crowd here since I got out of, I came out of the other building, and there's a bunch of people around the table. Tell me about the beers that you have here and a little bit about your brewery. All right, well, we're just starting out. We're uh, hoping to be open by August this summer. Uh, myself, my uh, partners here, Luke and Eric, uh, we've been home brewing for probably 11 or 12 years together, and we also have a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. And We've been waiting around, waiting around, and waiting around for a brewery to open in Indiana, and about three or four years ago it dawned on us, why Why not us? Let's let's see what we can do with this. And so we began the process of the business planning and everything like that, and here we are, uh, probably a couple months away from opening. Um, probably this week we're going to take some tanks off a truck, and uh, so we're really excited to get going. Uh, the beer you tried, the Confliction Black IPA, uh, really love black IPAs, although I feel like some of the black IPAs, I, I do think that some of that black color is just there, but I, I really love the roasted taste. I love the, the hops contrasted with the, the roasty bitterness, too, and so it's a little bit of a bitter bomb, but uh, I really like it. Really, um, I think, dark chocolate-covered hop when I think confliction. You say it's a bitter bomb, and I like it. I'm not usually a big bitter guy, but the roastiness along with the IPA, I honestly, that was a great mix with the two. I, I, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. So Thank is, you. is this your flagship here, or what would you consider your flagship? Well, uh, that probably isn't our flagship. Uh, we actually have a couple saisons that we don't have here that have been well-received. Uh, we actually just love doing a wide diversity of beers, and it remains to be seen. We actually had a Pilsner. I really, I brewed it just to see if I could brew it because that lager is a lot more challenging from a technical aspect, but it's always a lighter-flavored beer. But in samplings and so forth around Indiana, it's been widely popular. Uh, and I'm really hoping that that doesn't become a flagship beer because it's pretty hard to brew but it but it was pretty popular um, but yeah we I'm a stout guy myself we have this dark soul stout that has been very popular we put it on nitro and uh, very creamy lots of vanilla to it so excellent beer so what beer was it that gave you that kind of aha moment like we need to go out and open a brewery this is something that that could be a sustainable business what what was that beer or, or were there Boy. many beers that, that did it that everyone said, you know what, you guys really need to consider making a brewery? What beer of ours? Yeah, of yours. Boy, I... Like, what was the beer that just, that finally said, you know what, we, we can, can do, do something, this. we can do something with we this. We can do this. Uh, it was probably maybe the third beer we brewed together. It was a stout. It was another a little recipe, a little bit different than Dark Soul. Uh... We still brew that one, but uh, but that one turned out really well, and I thought, yeah, we can we can do this. So, how has Indiana been accepting a, a brewery coming in? Because right now it's it's you guys and it's uh, Noblestein. I was yeah. talking to those guys yeah. too. So it's beforehand there were no breweries there. Now all of a sudden we've got two guys that are ready to come out. I mean, it's 
so what was the what was the big thing to allow or for Indiana to say yes, let's let's pursue this as a you know as a future business in our area? Not really sure. I, I guess you know there's been guys before us, in fact, in our very homebrew club that we go to that have considered it. It is very very. It is a very very capital intense process, and uh, and I think for some some of the other folks that may have pursued it before us or, or at least dabbled in, in in maybe doing it I think in the end they just it fizzled out or whatever uh, not sure we just a little bit of luck good beer at the right time yeah yeah you know and those are uh, noble sign those guys are great guys and we're excited to see them come open too and you know we look at it just like you said Indiana now might be a craft beer hot spot and you know, we look at it that way, too. It, rising tide lifts all boats, and we're really excited for those guys. We've, we've known them long before either of the breweries, you know, started to come. Oh, so to you, guys were, you guys were friends ahead of time? Like yeah, beforehand. yeah. We've, okay. I, especially cool. Alex, you know. Luke, Luke grew up with the, with the Varner guys, and uh, so, yeah. And, and, and Eric and Alex worked together for a long time, too. So, so yeah, we've known those guys for a while. So what was your first craft beer? What, what was the first beer that got you to say, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not, <laughs> not to put you on the spot, but what was that first beer that you said, wow, there, there's something better than, More. because a lot sure. of us have grew up on the Miller and the Bud and the sure. Coors. So well, I've, I've often thought about my beer history, and, and, and he may deny this if he ever hears it, but my uncle Kevin gave me a Budweiser when I was eight years old. And I kept, he, he, he gave it to me because I think he knew I wouldn't go back to it, but I kept going back to it. But, uh, and, and he told me to make sure I didn't tell my dad. But, uh, I think probably at a certain age, I, I don't know what age that would have been, but I had a Killian's and maybe also a Honey Brown, a JW Dundee Honey Brown. I think they've changed the recipe, and even if they haven't, I'm not, they're not as good as I remember, but uh, I do remember those beers, having those beers and thinking, wow, there's a lot of really good flavor to this that I'm not used to. There, there's a, something outside the whole Spuds McKenzie steel yeah. iron train thing yes. going through. Yeah. yeah, so nowadays those, those are pretty, pretty light flavored beers compared to a lot of the crafty stuff that's out there, but uh, I do think I remember having... Those two beers in particular that uh, made me realize, man, there's a lot going on here. And so, was one of the ones that that lit me up for craft beer. Trobes Pale Ale, and I smelled it for the first time, and I was like, what? Beer can smell amazing? That's cool. Yeah, it was at Hershey Hotel. It was at the Hershey Hotel, and had a Trogues on tap there, which you know, very fresh. How can you get aroma? Of a Trogues Pale Ale in the Hershey Hotel when it well, smells like Hershey chocolate. Hershey Hotel is pretty fancy. <laughs> I mean, it's like they, it smells like yeah, chocolate all the time. Yeah. I don't know. It just it was it was pretty memorable. You know those 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 moments when you remember a beer. That's that's a good moment. So. That, that's kind of your your craft beer aha moment. Like, I think so. wow, there's I think so. there's something better out there. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Trogues Pale Ale was my aha craft beer moment too. Was it? My Trogues Pale Ale was my aha craft beer moment too. Actually, 
I, I'm actually from the Hershey area, and I bartended a place called TJ Rockwell's uh, for a long time. And back when Trogues was still in Harrisburg, uh, right before they left to go to Hershey to open up their big brewery, uh, Chris Trogner came into Rockwell's to promote their beer all the time. So I was bartending there, and I'm used to drinking like Paps and Natty Light and stuff like that. And he came in and had the pale ale with him. He's like, here, you should try this. And it was like a epiphany for me. I was like, wow, this this really tastes like something. Like, I'm not drinking water here anymore, you know? But, uh, and that's what crossed me over. Yeah, and that was back in 2007. I can remember the remember the time of year it was, too. Well, by all, by all means, introduce yourself and, and talk about your business, too, because you just started following us on Twitter today, too. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Bart Kaminsky. I own Hopheads Gear. Um, we basically designed beer t-shirts for the craft beer enthusiast, and I called it Hopheads because I myself am a fan of hoppy beers, and quite honestly, I wanted to get into the craft beer scene, and I have no idea how the hell to make beer, so I know how to make t-shirts, so I figured that'd be And we love t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone loves t-shirts. Yeah. That is the best way to do it. Exactly. And it gets me in the scene. Like, I get to meet these guys from Levity Brewing Company, and I... I got to meet you know brewers and you know breweries and get to try new beers all the time and and I started up just so I could be in the beer festivals like that was my reason to be there and now we're like actually taking off so I'm like wow I gotta actually make this like a legitimate business and, and this is a tough business because you you have to drink beer yeah. you gotta make shirts and you gotta drink beer exactly. and you have to talk to people and you gotta drink beer so really quick uh, what's your website uh, it's hopheadsgear.com it's h-o-p-h-e-d-z gear.com but all our summer stuff is up there now. Okay. You can purchase it on there. It's free shipping. It's and the t-shirts are twenty bucks online. And we shipping. love free. Yeah. Free shipping, free anything we can get is awesome. Definitely check those guys out. And hey, you gotta you have to pimp the website and any social media accounts you have. Oh yeah, we're on Facebook, Untap, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can probably find us at Levity Brewing or else Levity Beer. I think our Twitter handle is Levity Beer. Uh, and we also have a website at www.levitybrewing.com. Southwestern Pennsylvania, get ready for the fall of 2015. We're about to get some more kick-ass beer going on here. So the homebrewing session just ended, and uh, they're telling up all the votes right now. I was in the category for lagers and Belgians, and let me tell you, I had some great beers. I had some fantastic beers that I couldn't even tell were homebrew. I had a couple of beers that weren't so great. In fact, I, I believe at one point we looked at each other and said, this is kind of like having uh, had the, the aroma of burnt hair was one of them. Beer has potential, but that the whole burnt hair thing, I just, first time I ever experienced that. And it was, uh, yeah, that was educational. But thank you to uh, everyone who was able to help put this event together. Fantastic time. Uh, took a little bit longer than we expected. But Andy was a, a true pro running this thing. Uh, he was the the official head beer judge for all this. And uh, and you can see why he's also the VP of, of Trash, which is uh, trashhomebrewers.org if you're trying to look him up on the Internet. Uh, listening to him talk about beer and the brewing process is more than I think anyone that I know has ever talked about brewing. And it was cool because I just sat back and went, God damn, this guy knows a lot about beer. And uh, it, was, it was a very cool time, and he did handle it like a pro with a couple bumps on the road that we had, but stuck to his guns. He got it done, and, and we had a good time. So thank you for everyone who was involved with that. And I do also want to thank a couple of the judges. So I was right that the uh, inner circle was there, 
and they were there with guns blazing, ready to have a good time. Th- those guys are a blast. I absolutely love hanging out with them. So I, I just want to say, uh, really, th- you know, really quick, you know, uh, thanks to Steve was there. Uh, John Griff, John Griff Griffiths, Griff, dude, man, do you, <laughs> you are a blast to hang around with. Uh, I had a good time with that. Also, uh, sitting next to me was Dr. Daniel Carr. Uh, you get a chance to check him out. Dr. DR, Daniel Carr, two R's, dot com. I have a link to him, too. What the heck? Everyone gets a link off the Should I Drink That that website. Um, also, Griff is the owner. I don't know if he wants me to call him Griff. Maybe Mr. Griff. He is in the inner circle, so i got to watch out on that. But he is the owner of the Borough Bar in Punxsutawney, which has six macro taps and six craft taps, which for the area, that is something pretty big to have, uh, having craft beer getting into central PA, which has uh, always been a predominantly Bud Miller Coors section and is converting over, which is definitely good to see. And also, uh, one of the guys I, I had the pleasure of talking to also was uh, Jeff from Casali's in St. Mary's, and I pray to God I'm pronouncing that right, because after we had so many beers, I wasn't sure what I was hearing. But Jeff, uh, he is the general manager. He is doing his best to get craft beer into St. Mary's. They have a special Dogfish Head event coming up. It's a tap takeover. Make sure that you get up there for it. Of course, there's a link for this on shouldidrinkthat.com, so make sure you go to the page and find out more. Homebrewing session's over. We've already talked to one brewery. We've got another one to go at least. It's getting late, and the lines are long. So that means uh, there's a lot of running around to do. I'm going to head in and find the Nobelstein guys, talk to them for a little bit, and uh, let's see what's going on. We're coming to you live from Hogtoberfest. And wow, I, I don't even know how to intro this part. Because you heard me rave about it at the Pittsburgh Brewfest. And now I'm here with Nobelstein. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Quick introduction for you guys. I'm Zach Morrow. My official title is the numbers guy. So I do the business planning, accounting, finance, etc. My name is Alex Varner. I am the doer brewer. So The doer brewer. So guys, what beers do you have with you today? Today we've got three with us. We've got Hop Hired Hand, which is a Saison. That's the one I think you may have said you ranted and raved about. Okay, not only did I rant and rave about this, best effing bleeping Saison that I've had, and I'm standing by that because I'm having it right now. So in addition to that, we've got Grist Grouse, which is an American IPA, and we've got Helen Black, which is actually a black IPA, up right around 100 IBUs. It's back in a punch. Wait, so you have a black IPA with 100 IBUs? That's right. Why? <laughs> How? I don't know. Maybe you should try it for yourself and tell us why you want Helen Black. I've had a couple black IPAs today, and, and I can understand why you would want to do it, but I have not heard of any of them actually ever being that high on the IBU scale. Well, bottom line, what we've done is we've shifted the hop bills from early editions to late editions. We're really getting a lot of hop flavor in this beer without a lot of the residual bitterness. I think that that flavor marries very well with the bitterness from from the dark malts in this beer, and we finish it off with a little bit of oak flavor. 
Now, when it comes to the ingredients that you guys get, is, do you guys try to go as local as possible, or where do you guys source from? Yeah, so we do try to go as local as possible. Uh, actually, even as local as the hop plant that's growing up the side of my garage right now. <laughs> that's pretty damn local. Well, <laughs> we try. Yeah. We try. Um, Single farm source, you know, we know the guy. He's, he's a decent guy. He's all right. <laughs> the doer brewer. <laughs> So when it, when it comes to the beers that you guys brew, is there a, a single source of inspiration that you guys get for it, or is it is it from years of home brewing? How, how did you guys get started with this? I think it really does come from years of home brewing together. Uh, you know, we explored our beer palettes together. We sampled a lot of beers together, and we learned what we liked as a group. Uh, bottom line, home brewing gives you an outlet to kind of try anything. It's limitless, so to speak. So we put our you know heads together tried our hand at home brewing and we feel that we've come up with some market ready recipes yeah man i mean there's the oh the internet the internet it's such a wealth of information and an endless an endless plethora of uh good knowledge to be had from many brewers uh so we've kind of taken taken uh what we liked and what our palates are looking for and coupled that with the experience that we've had as home brewers and uh, really purpose to design design beers that not only that we love but that everybody else is looking for too you know so you I would say it wouldn't be uncommon for you to find a beer that might be pushing the boundaries much like a uh, hop hard hand ringing in nine and a half percent which it's pretty what <laughs> what yeah nine and a half for a saison what yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's not untypical to get something from Nobelstein that might just have a little tweak to it that you haven't had the experience with somewhere else. We're not afraid to go color outside the lines, um, but we do want to maintain certain stylistic points that bring you back to that style, meanwhile giving you an experience that you may not have had with another beer. So have, have you guys had a beer that you drank and you're like, I could do that better? And, and it has actually inspired a beer that you've made, or a beer that's kind of in the works. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think Helen Black is a perfect example of that. You know, we we all uh, had our our share of stouts in the past, and we've had our share of IPAs in the past, and that that Cascadian dark ale style that Helen Black falls into is something that we're okay. So we're thinking, boy, I really like that mild oak character coupled with those roasty malts. And we like the hop character too. So let's just let's just put together our experience in, in homebrew and, and uh, put something on the table that might might be uh, an abstract art piece that somebody's gonna like. You know? Yeah. I think that particular style really. Whenever I first tried it, it really lent itself to homebrew experimentation. Just because the marketplace was not as crowded. So you know, I had a couple of them and thought to myself, the variability among this style. Uh, of the subset that I've tried is really not extensive. So what can we do differently? What other flavors would marry well with it? And that ties back with what Alex said. You know, we found some slight tweaks to make that we think would be very additive in the grand scheme of things. So last time we talked, uh, you guys were talking with Indiana about how you're going to be able to brew your brewery. What's the latest on that? What uh, what are you guys going to be doing with it? It's, are you guys... Is the zoning right? Is the you know what's going to happen here? Because uh, we were just talking with the other guys from Indiana, and and all of a sudden we find out there's another brewery coming up. So 
and, and you guys are friends too, yeah. which is very cool. And that's also something that's very, uh, very common with the craft beer industry is that everyone's friends. It's not really competition. It's it's more that we're family. So, what is the latest with the brewery situation? Sure. Yeah, we have settled on a location, uh, and we we've basically finalized the terms here uh, within the past week. I would say, um, you know, from from the perspective of our fellow brewers down the road from us, we'll actually be coincidentally within about a mile of their location. Uh, and, and frankly, we're looking forward to it. Those, that's a great group of guys, and they make great products. And I think it really lends itself to a situation where we can you know, really, really get a sense of that local market together. Um, so I have nothing but good things to say about Levity. I, I tried a couple of their beers today, and they're all great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're really looking forward, like Zach mentioned, to that uh, communal unity in, in craft beer and really putting Indiana on the map. Indiana's a great town. You know, the four of us are born and raised there, and we look to, we look to continue on the, uh, the uh, tradition of maintaining our livelihoods in Indiana. I, I think you guys might have just answered this, but why Indiana? Why, why not move it back into Pittsburgh or, or somewhere else? Why Indiana? Well, the primary reason, like Alex just said, was really we're all born and raised there, and we understand what Indiana is as a community. We, we know the demographic, and, and frankly, we think it deserves uh, a great brewery or two, in this case, uh, to produce for the area. In addition, you know, the Pittsburgh marketplace, it, there, are, there are a lot of competitors there and a lot of very worthy competitors. So uh, we feel like this is a good spot to, to jump into things. Uh, and still maintain a, a market presence in Pittsburgh as well. So right now we have about 23 breweries in Pittsburgh. Indiana is now going to have two, whereas a year ago they had none. What do you think it is about the area and maybe the culture that is going to be more accepting to having a craft brewery in the area? And not just the fact that there's a very highly successful university that's there, but what is it about the community that you think is, uh, is going to be able to support this? Looking at the Indiana marketplace for other goods and services, uh, you do have a lot of emphasis placed on local deliveries. So we see Farmer's Market in Riegers. Um, that's been around for quite a long time. People, people love that place. Um, Yarnix is another example, another Farmer's Market. It gets a lot of local attention. And we feel that the beer market has evolved to a point where there's a sense of appreciation for that local freshness vis-a-vis -vis what you see in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, the same thing is going to occur in Indiana, you know, despite the fact that the population is a little lower than Pittsburgh Metro, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and, and alongside with that, um, it's, a, it's a quickly growing recreational community that's, that's very healthy. I mean, there's, you got so much going on there in Indiana. You, out of Yellow Creek, there's 30 miles of beautiful, well-maintained mountain bike trails. I'm an avid mountain biker myself. Those guys all love craft beer. Playing a local soccer rec league, those guys all love craft beer. And then, frankly, where better to go after a soccer game or a 30-mile bike ride than your local brewery and have a beer? Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great way to think about it, too. All right, really quick, uh, as the session is starting to kick off here, website, where can people find you online? Our website is noblesteinbrewingcompany.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. So our Twitter is at NobleSteinBeer, Facebook, Noblestein Brewing Company. We'll have links to everything on Should I Drink That. Gentlemen, thank you very much. 
enjoy the Groundhog Fest. Punksy Phil, I have to say, is actually right next to their booth. You can't beat this. The number one celebrity in this town is next to the number one brewery. And I'm saying that because I freaking love the Saison. I can't stop gushing. I'm beer geeking. Okay, this day's over. Uh, I want to thank everyone. And it's amazing that I can find like spot to go hide out to record this part of it. It is so loud in there. Not like ear deafening, but there's so many people drinking, having a good time. The music's playing that there's no way you would ever be able to hear me on this thing. So I'm kind of hiding off to the side. I'm actually down by Phil's little knob down here. Nice little place. So it's kind of cool that I, I get to record down by the stage. But I want to thank everyone who made this day possible. Absolutely great time. Uh, I, can't, I can't thank you guys enough. Hoping that you guys have another one of these here soon. Uh, there was talk that there might be one in the fall. But that's by the guys that were drinking. So who knows if that's true. That would be a cool thing. Uh, but next year, you have to get out here. This is a very cool venue, even for just the novelty of the Phil thing. If you've never been up here, this is a great time because you're not going to freeze your butt off. You're not going to freeze your tuckus. You're good. Your dupa will be fine. Uh, but thank you, Katie, for inviting me up here. She is part of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. And thanks to uh, the members of the Inner Circle, too, that I got to meet. I got to hang out with like 10 or 12 guys, which was very cool. Um, yeah, it's just it's a good time. And, uh, and hopefully you guys can make it here soon. Before I forget, I do want to thank also Melissa from Lavery Brewing. Great time talking to her. She was slam, so we didn't get to talk to her. We got to hang out for a little bit, talk off the mic. Uh, they had their gold medal winning beer was here. So it's, so you get to hang out with Phil. You get to drink a gold medal beer from the GABF. It was just a damn good time. Thanks to Jared from Levity for taking some time to, and his team also. Uh, we've also got the we've got the team over at Hopheads, awesome wear. That's what I'm calling it because I really wanted one of those shirts and I didn't get a chance to buy one. Though I might have to place an order here soon because, like we said, everyone loves free. Also, thank you to the guys at Noblestein. Guys, once again, pleasure talking to you. Um, can't wait till all this brewing action starts in Indiana, and you know we're going to be there. And we'll, of course, I'll probably have to get that. Uh, Sircone guy to, to tag along with me. Maybe I can get him to drive. That'd be fun. Jason Sircone's over at over a couple of beers, and he also has the Pittsburgh Craft Beer Network. For episode 112, this is the most reverend Father Spoon, where even if it's crap, I drink it. So you don't have to. See you in 113.